You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Wednesday, October 14th, and on today's episode, we continue on with our Big Ten schedule breakdowns. We are almost done. Today is the 12th of 14 Big Ten schedule breakdowns that we have to do. Only two more left on the horizon, but today's 12th schedule breakdown is a dandy. We get into one of the contenders, in my opinion, in the Big Ten West Division this year, the Purdue Boilermakers. And now very pleased to welcome on for his debut on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. It is J.D. Arland. He is a sports anchor and reporter with WLFI in West Lafayette, Indiana. So you know we are talking all things Purdue Boilermakers today, breaking down the schedule for Jeff Brom and company as they get ready for the Big Ten football season in 2020. And J.D., I'm a former sports anchor in Omaha, Nebraska. I know that when I really need the inside stuff to get really down into the wickets of what it takes to get ready for a Big Ten football season, I call on my local sports TV people. So I'm trusting in you today to provide us with all the expertise we need to know what Purdue has coming ahead in 2020. Well, no pressure, Ben. But yeah, this is uh, this is a season that we've been looking forward to uh, just as much as the fans. And, you know, how, looking at how Purdue is so interwoven in the West Lafayette community and it can really inspire and move people to, to do a lot of things in their own lives uh, is really inspiring for us, too. So watching people get excited has gotten us excited. Uh, we're just ready to get back out on the gridiron. And one of the most exciting things before we get into the schedule, we have to mention him right off the top. Rondell Moore opted back in for the black and gold for 2020. What was that day like when Rondell Moore declared he was playing for Purdue in 2020? It's the closest thing to uh, an alarm bell uh, I could possibly imagine. I, I think uh, we had a we had a guy who found out before most of the media. He found out that Rondell Moore was making an appearance on ESPN, and I can remember we were stacking our show for that afternoon. We were working at some of the high school previews and maybe we're going to run something about Purdue basketball. Uh, and then we hear, Hey, Ronnie Moore's coming back and your world just stops. You're like, what? Cause yeah. we remember the day that, that he said he was going to uh, leave as well. So we stopped, we were, you know, recorded ESPN. Um, it, it was unbelievable. And I think a lot of Purdue fans will remember the moment that they found out that he was coming back just as much as they remember the moment that he was leaving. Uh, this is a guy that's, you know, going to have a, resume season he's back he's a hundred percent he said in an interview um with me in the spring he said i'm at a thousand percent and so he's kind of ready to go and uh it's good to see him want to put on the the golden black again uh and at least just have one more conference season with the boilers i mean great for purdue football great for big 10 football great for national college football overall rondale moore is that talented of a wide receiver and athlete for Purdue. So let's get into the Boilermakers schedule for 2020. The eight-game regular season sprint just going to lay it out for us so we know what Purdue has ahead, and then we'll get into our four schedule breakdown categories. It starts on Saturday, October 24th. We know the game time now, midday, hosting Iowa, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on the Big Ten Network. Then the following weekend, October 31st, on the road at Illinois, November 7th, on the road at Wisconsin, November 14th, hosting Northwestern back in West Lafayette, Friday night. P.J. Fleck Fridays. Minnesota has three Friday games so far for this Big Ten season. Purdue visits Minnesota November 20th. That time still TBD, but we know the game will be on BTN. Then the week six of the season, November 28th, hosting Rutgers. December 5th, 
hosting Nebraska in December 12th to round things out. The old Oaken Bucket on the road in Bloomington taking on Indiana. So as you hear those eight games, J.D., what do you make of Purdue's schedule for 2020? Well, the first words that come to my mind are best case scenario. You know, you mm. said all the all those names, but you didn't say Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland. Those are games that Purdue classically struggles in. Of course, the big win over Ohio State, but um, to do that twice in a single, you know, roster's career is pretty difficult. Uh, so we're talking about teams that Purdue has not only found their mark against, but a lot of close games in seasons past. Uh, a lot of you know one were two points deciding the, the victory there. So as I look at the schedule, I have questions about some of the timing, mainly the Northern States uh, towards the beginning and end of November. It's going to be mm -hmm. a cold game. And these guys have been practicing in the warm. Uh, but I would say if I had to sum it up, best case scenario. For the five Warriors. of their six Big Ten West opponents come in the first five weeks of the season. And you mentioned the crossover with the Big Ten East, just Rutgers and, of course, the rivalry game against Indiana. But from the original schedule, which feels like months and months ago now, they dropped Michigan. So good case scenario for the Boilermakers in 2020. So let's get into our four schedule breakdown categories. We have the bet the house game for Purdue, the game we are 100% confident the Boilermakers will win. If not 100%, at least like 90, 95, you know, we'll get up there. The primetime game, a game filled with hype and excitement for Purdue in 2020. The must win game, a game Jeff Brom and company need to win to get to their end of season goals. And then if we have a must win, we need a can't lose, a trap game for Purdue in 2020. But JD Arlen, let's start it with the bet the house game. What game are you at least 95 5% confident Purdue wins this season. Rutgers football. Uh, and yeah. any Purdue fan will tell you that. Uh, now, it, it's funny, if you didn't know much about Purdue football or if you've been living under a rock for a while, not watching Big Ten football, you look at the all-time record between these two schools, they've only met once. It was in mm. 2017 and Purdue lost. So they're 0-1 against Rutgers all-time. So you look at that and you think, well, hey, this is going to be a difficult game. But let's look at Rutgers. 0-9 last season in conference. Uh, yep. We're not even thinking about the rest of their schedule because they're just playing conference again. Uh, they were last in total offense. And they have a new offensive coordinator because they went out with the old and in with the new. Well, how many times have they done that? Over the last 11 years, they've done that 11 times. They've brought in new management to their offense to try to resurrect something. So we're almost 100% confident that Purdue's going to be in the W category. Now, it is important to keep your foot on the gas in a game like that. Um, Purdue, it is late in the schedule, so you, mm -hmm. you run the risk of injuries. You run the risk of key offensive players being out. Um, but almost 95% confident that uh, Purdue football will beat Rutgers on the 28th of November. I completely agree with you. The bet the house game is Rutgers. I hate doing it. And this is now my 12th schedule breakdown as we've been running through the conference on both sides, through both divisions. And now this is the fifth of the last six times I've picked Rutgers as the opponent for the bet the house game. But when we're talking near hundred percent in the big 10 conference, you just have to do it. Purdue also had Rutgers in their original big 10 schedule. And in my original schedule breakdown for the Boilermakers back in June, I also pick Rutgers as a bet the house opponent for Purdue in 2020. It just makes the most sense. Listen, out with the old, in with still kind of the old because you bring back Greg Schiano. And I've said this every time as a caveat, I think Rutgers will trend in a positive direction this year. These games will be a little bit more competitive for the Scarlet Knights. But when we're talking near 100%, week six at home in West Lafayette, I just think that really favors Purdue. They're close to that 100% win, bet the house on it. So, we have taken care of Rutgers. We have got week six, that game out of the way. Let's move on to our second category, the primetime game for the Boilermakers in 2020. What is that game that, J.D., you have been circling and all of Purdue fans have been circling ahead of the 2020 season? 
Well, let's run it back one week, week five at Minnesota, a battle of wide receivers. We talked about Rondale Moore opting back in. Uh, Rashad Bateman also opting back in for the Golden Gophers. So it's junior versus junior, Rondale Moore versus Rashad Bateman, two players that are expected to at least make some noise in the NFL draft. Uh, so this this is a really important game for Purdue to not only explore its high-powered offense, but then also utilize its new defense under new defensive coordinator Bob Diaco to try to control the secondary. Rashad Bateman's a guy that's going to make a lot of noise, and if you spend all your time covering him, they're just going to run the football. And, you know, veteran quarterback Tanner Morgan knows that. Last year, that was the first 11-win season for Minnesota in the last 100 years. They went on yep. to beat Auburn in their bowl game. So this is a Minnesota team that's rolling, that has a lot of momentum, that has a lot of returners. They've got Rashad Bateman. Uh, but then, like we talked about at the top of the show, I mean, Purdue has a lot of offensive weapons and a lot of defensive weapons that are returning to the roster here in 2020. So that's going to be just fireworks. If I had to put it into one word, that game's going to be fireworks. You won't want to miss it. But it's going to be cold as well. So who knows if they'll air the football out. November 20th in Minneapolis is going to be very, very frigid, but I don't think that's going to keep the ball from flying. I think Tanner Morgan is going to let it rip to his guys, Rashad Bateman, Muhammad Ibrahim in the backfield as well. And then you, we've talked all about Rondell Moore, but let's not forget David Bell as well for the Boilermakers. And I'm sure Purdue fans know all about him as well. So 11 out of 14 Big Ten schedule breakdowns are in the books. And this 12th one with J.D. Arlen talking all things Purdue Boilermakers is still rolling on. So how do we keep the energy going? What is the wall that we need to push through so we can get to where we want to be and that end goal for us our must win game is making sure that you the listener are as prepared as possible for the big 10 football season in the year 2020 so how do i keep myself going that's right i trust built go built go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink but the energy is not fake it's lasting and it's natural and on top of energy it also has protein collagen protein that makes me feel good and gives me the energy i need to push through anything that i need to do to make sure i churn out the best big 10 content for all of you my faithful big 10 listeners and community. So whatever your wall is, whether that's a lunchtime meeting, whether that's five meetings in one workday, whether that's 18 holes on a Sunday as you need to get ready to play some golf, whatever your wall is, you can break through. It's like the Built Bar, you know, the fastest growing protein bar that tastes delicious? Built Go is the energy gel plus protein that also tastes great as well. So whatever you need to do, Make sure you trust Built Go. And when you visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So here's my question for you, J.D. Talk to me about Jack Plummer. How do you see the new signal caller for Jeff Brown's offense rolling in 2020? Well, yeah, you said David Bell, but don't forget about Milton Wright either. I mean, they've Ooh. got the best wide receiver core in the country. 
um, you, if you look at it from a, just a purely statistics objective standpoint. But talking about the quarterback race, it was a three-man race until last weekend, actually on Sunday, uh, revealing that it's now a two-man race. So Austin Burton, the transfer in from UCLA, will right. be the backup. Uh, and it's now between Aiden O'Connell and Jack Plummer. Uh, Plummer is a guy that has a lot of experience. Obviously, he left with a, a leg injury, uh, and then Aiden O'Connell was the guy for them. He's got a lot of work to do with footwork and escaping the pocket while still being able to throw on target. You know, it's easy to to chuck the ball up and hope that Rondell's down there somewhere, hope that David Bell, Milton Wright are down there somewhere. But you can't do that every time. You've got to rely on some of your young talent. They've got Peyton Durham uh, in at the tight end position as a starter for for some of his first games. And so we're going to see Jack Plummer, which it's probably going to be Jack Plummer. We it's right. still a, it's still a race, but Jack's got more minutes under center. Uh, develop as a quarterback and try to use some of those targets that aren't Rondale Moore uh, and David Bell to stay undercover and to try to keep defenses guessing. See, this is why we come to J.D. Arlen, the sports anchor and reporter for WLFI, <laughs> because he gives you that local expertise we'd only find from a guy stationed in West Lafayette, Indiana right now. And that's what we absolutely love right there. A great summation of what Purdue returns on offense and what they have to look ahead to. So you gave your primetime game opponent on the road week five of the season at Minnesota that Friday night. I'm going to go earlier in the season. In fact, the earliest we can go. The season opener hosting Iowa at home. As I mentioned off the top, we know this is not a primetime game of sorts. It is at 3.30, smack dab in the middle of the day. But I think this is a game that is incredibly intriguing as we look at what will happen in the Big Ten West Division throughout this entire year. I know for a fact Iowa fans are very concerned with opening up the year on the road in West Lafayette, Purdue has won two of the last three meetings against the Hawkeyes. We just talked about the quarterback questions for Purdue with Jack Plummer. A lot of questions as well for the Iowa Hawkeyes, breaking in a new signal caller in Spencer Petras. What exactly will Iowa present in that first week of the year, going on the road, facing some new challenges, some new logistical things of, okay, now we're outside of Iowa City for the first time in a while. How does that go? Some questions on both sides on defense as well. Purdue returning some people up front. When you look at George Karloftis, you look at big Lorenzo Neal back in the middle for Bobby D, Bob Diaco. I got some great stories for you, J.D., about Bob Diaco and his time in Lincoln. Go ahead, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, an interesting storyline with that game that you just chose, D.J. Johnson, who was a former running back for Iowa, just got cleared by the NCAA. His transfer uh, was approved. His waiver was approved. So he will is expected to play mm. for Purdue as soon as the Big Ten gives him approval against Iowa. And his first game uh, with the Golden Black will be against, uh, you know, the school he just transferred out of. So that that's one to look out for as well. He'll be backing up to Oru um, in, in the slot. And uh, I, I just think that kid uh, is really something. He's really something special. It's a, it's a key loss for the Hawkeyes and, and without him um, they're, they're going to be struggling against the boilers. I really do yeah. believe that. I'm very excited for that game. We don't need any more hype getting back for the big 10 football season that week being week one in the opener, but that game is really, really intriguing. One of the games in the first weekend of slate that maybe some people that aren't so tuned into the big 10, they see the names of Iowa and Purdue. They're like, Oh, I don't know if this is going to be the flashiest game. I'm very excited for that game. And I think it will really represent what we are going to see for the rest of the season. When we talk about the race in the big 10 West division. So I cannot wait for the Boilermakers and the Hawkeyes opening weekend, Saturday, October 24th, 3:30 PM Eastern time. Big 10 Network. Just saying all of those words, one after another, J.D. Whoo, I'm ready for that primetime game. So let's get on to our next category here, the must-win category for Purdue in 2020. Who was that opponent, opponent rather for the Boilermakers in 2020? You can ask this question any year that Purdue has ever existed as a program. You've got to beat Indiana. 
It doesn't mm. matter how the rest of your season went. You've got to win that bucket at the end of the year. And Purdue wants to bring that bucket back to West Lafayette. Of course, the fireworks and the double overtime performance, not the way that many Boiler fans wanted it to end, but it was a great game last season. And it was one uh, that could have been determined either way. I mean, it, neither team had the clear advantage. Now, granted, both were battling through injury. Um and we're going to see a different IU team in this game. Of course, uh, Ramsey transferring to Northwestern right. uh, and then Michael Penix Jr. Gaining weight in the off season, uh, kind of hitting the weight room, trying to be that starting guy. Uh, that's going to be exciting for Indiana to try to see if they can do some new things on offense that Purdue hasn't seen before, because if they played the same game and the same strategy that they did last season, you've got guys in there like Lorenzo Neal. Now you've got Derek Barnes moving from defensive end to linebacker. You've got pressure from Corey Trice in the safety position. Diaco's moved a lot of guys around in this Purdue defense. And if Indiana tries to go with the same old song and dance, you know, nine win Indiana as, as they tried to do last season, they're not going to find success. Now, I do know that they have a lot of returners onto their own defensive line, so they're going to force the blitz. They're going to make either Jack Plummer or Aiden O'Connell or Austin Burton, if it gets to that point, make decisions quick in the pocket. You're going to need a veteran quarterback in that game, and if Purdue can play with a little more maturity and they can play with a little more discipline, I think that's a, that's an easy win for the, for the Boilermakers. I love talking about the old Oaken bucket, that game taking place December 12th, this early on in the Big Ten football season. It gets me fired up. Now, J.D., I got to ask you, you have a lot of familial ties to the Purdue Boilermakers, many generations in your family. How many games have you seen live in person for the Old Oak and Bucket? I was there in the fall of 1998. I was Ooh. not even one yet. Uh, so I've been going to that game forever. Uh, I think it was one of my parents' first dates, and I think it was one of my grandparents' first dates as well. Wow. Uh, so there's a lot of family history. I We have never missed a bucket as a family, be it on TV or uh, in person. And, and this year, you know, obviously is, is a little messed up. They'll be here um, kind of tailgating here at home in, in the Arland compound watching it. Uh, hopefully we'll have some cameras on it for them. But yeah, that. That is, a, that is a centerpiece game that I think it's the best day of the year, 12-12. So December 12th, definitely not going to want to miss it. That'd be a primetime game uh, if, if any, you know, TV networks are, are listening at the moment. That'd be, that'd be one circle on your calendar as a primetime game. That absolutely warms my heart. That is why we do what we do in the Big Ten Conference. That just made my day, J.D. If the Arlen compound is open, I might make a trip to West Lafayette and join for that tailgate if possible. I don't want to invite myself over to your parents' <laughs> home, especially in these times, but I would love to just be around that ceremonial feel for the bucket. That was fantastic. I'm going to talk about the must-win game against Nebraska, and I feel like I don't even have anything to say after what you just did right there, but I'm intrigued for this game Week seven of the regular season, right before the bucket, December 5th, as they host Nebraska in West Lafayette. It's huge because especially at that time of the season, week seven, that will really decide how things fall in the Big Ten West standings. Nebraska and Purdue pretty much on similar pegs right now, both trying to take that step to be a contender consistently within the Big Ten West. Also, so, so, so many storylines. We talked about Bob Diaco. I'll get to that one in just a moment. But Scott Frost, in his two years so far at the helm of the Huskers, has not beaten Jeff Brom. If he goes 0-3 against Jeff Brom in Purdue, that will be another negative narrative that is starting to lend itself in Lincoln, something Scott Frost wants to avoid. 
And this is just a personal thing. My last year covering the Huskers in Omaha, Nebraska was Bob Diaco's year in Lincoln as the defensive coordinator. And boy, oh boy, JD, let me tell you, the Nebraska media, not too big a fan of Bob Diaco. He mentioned the strain at all times. He used to hold the mic like this off his, the clip mic off his shirt during post-game press conferences, post-practice availability. Does he still do that for Purdue? Does he still hold the mic next to his face? You know, he's gotten a little more tech savvy uh, in, okay, in his good. few years. He's, he's been very nice to me. He's been very nice to our network. Um, he's just a guy that, that runs a very tight ship. He doesn't want a lot getting out uh, about his defense. He doesn't want us to film. He doesn't want us to observe. He doesn't want us to ask questions about where people are going other than where they'll be on the roster. Uh, right. Bob Diaco is a guy that, you know, likes to keep his cards kind of close to his chest. And you talk about a, I, that's actually my can't lose game, which is our next segment. Uh, right. But you talk about that Nebraska game. It's pretty late in the season. So uh, Nebraska is going to have figured out exactly what kind of defensive scheme Purdue is already running, not only from observation, but from their experience with Diaco. And, and like you said, that is a great storyline. He's not exactly warm and fuzzy, but I, I don't know if you want a defensive coordinator to be warm and fuzzy. You just want him to get the job done. And, and Bob Diaco is the man for the job. Like boiler defensive coordinator Bob Diaco running one of his drills during practice. If you've ever seen it, oh my God, it's high energy as heck. That is what we continue to do here on Purdue Schedule Breakdown with J.D. Arlen. J.D. gives you his Boilermaker schedule record prediction for the year 2020 in Big Ten football. That's all coming up next. I never personally had any issue with him. I always thought it was very funny how the Nebraska media was not so much a fan of those ideas that you mentioned. He keeps his cards close to his chest, which I have no issue with as you're scheming up defenses to play against some of the best offenses in the country in the Big Ten. He didn't allow a lot of media availability during practice, which was something Nebraska fans not used to, Nebraska media members not used to. But that's really the case as you look across a lot of the country. So I think it was just a change of pace for them. They weren't so used to in Lincoln, Nebraska. But I always thought Bob Diaco was a very funny guy in the way that they they all approached him and I think how he approached the media as well. Like you mentioned, a very kind guy though, no doubt about it, but his struggles on defense when he was the DC in Lincoln, Nebraska in 2017, Nebraska gave up 438 yards per game and nearly 41 points per game to their opponents. Let's hope for much better success for the Boilers in 2020 with Bob Diaco at the helm of their defense. But that game, incredibly intriguing because of all the storylines that will lead into it as Purdue hosts Nebraska, but also what it will mean for the Big Ten West standings and how that all shakes out as we look ahead to Big Ten Champions Week, the week of December 19th. So one more category, you alluded to it, the can't lose game. You have the Huskers pegged for that one against the Boilermakers. Explain to me why. So I, like you said, I mean, I was following that storyline of Bob Diaco as well. You know, 2017 is an interesting year for Purdue versus Nebraska because Purdue lost by a single point. Uh, yeah. And so I'm sure, you know, Bob Diaco, uh, it had to mean a lot to him. Uh, and, and he's definitely going to take the motivation that, that he had with the Huskers and transfer it into Purdue. Now, talking about this game specifically, like you, you mentioned earlier, Scott Frost does not beat Jeff Brom. So the Boilers looking to hand him his third loss. Um, they also have lost J.D. Spellman in their offense. A great first name, by the way, but they, they've, <laughs> lost a, uh, <laughs> they've lost a key component of their offense, uh, and they, they're going to have to replace that somehow. How I think they're going to do it is with Diedrich Mills, you know, uh, 745 yards, excuse me, six touchdowns. Um, but versus the Boilers last time out, 
Purdue held them to just 18 yards and six carries. So they definitely utilized the run-stop defense. So the main storyline that I'm following with this game, this can't-lose game, the defense can't lose this game. You know the high offense is going to be high power. We've been talking about it all day. Well, let's talk about the defense for a moment. You've got guys like Lorenzo Neal returning in center, like you said, George Karloftis on the outside, who's a West Lafayette native. You know, he wants to defend his house uh, against a very tough Huskers team. And the Huskers made the most noise about wanting to play college football. So yeah. let's see it. Well, you know, let's let's see those words in action. Let's see this Scott Frost team that apparently can't lose um, in action. It's going to be a tough game. And it's it's a can't lose a, a trap game to avoid losing. I put that. But it's going to be a close game. It's not like mm-hmm. Nebraska is an easy opponent by any measure. I agree with the can't lose designation as well, because Purdue wants to keep Nebraska below them as they look to the Big Ten West standing is if you're playing for that fourth or fifth spot, as you look ahead to Big Ten Champions Week, that's really going to be a tightly contested battle between Nebraska and Purdue for how the standings slot out at the end of the year. It's also very funny because it's the first week of December and normally you think cold weather Big Ten football, we're going to be slugging it out, running up the middle. Both of these offenses are known for their high-powered, fast-tempo styles. Jeff Brom and what he does with the Boilers, and also Scott Frost. We haven't seen it so much just yet in Lincoln, but obviously going back to his Central Florida days, all of his work with Oregon as well, that's what he wants to do with the Huskers this year. Come week seven of this Big Ten football season, I think both offenses will be really starting to key in on what they do best for this week of Big Ten football. My can't-lose category, kind of a split here, kind of a tie between the teams from Illinois, both the second week of the season on the road at Illinois the weekend of October 31st and then also the fourth game of the regular season for the Boilers November 14th hosting Northwestern same kind of idea I'm very intrigued JD and I think this will be one of the lower key storylines of the entire year in Big Ten football the depth of the Big Ten West and how it will all shake out from the teams that finished four through seven last year with Nebraska Purdue Illinois and Northwestern all teams hoping to take strides to get back there. Northwestern at the bottom of the cellar last year, but the 2018 Big Ten West champs. In Illinois, rather, their best year under Lovey Smith in a long time, getting to a ball game. Nebraska and Purdue both looking to get back to where they want to be within the Big Ten West. So how those games shake out for the Purdue Boilermakers against the two teams from Illinois, very interesting. Purdue getting the win last year, but that snapped a five-game losing streak against the Wildcats, so they haven't fared as well as of late. And then against Illinois, the Purdue Cannon, as we all know it, Purdue has won three of the last four, except for last year in Illinois' best year in at least since 2014 when they got to a bowl. Last time it was in Champaign, you look at that second week of the year, first road game for Purdue, but the last time it was in Champaign two years ago in 2018, Purdue victorious 46-7. to So both of those games kind of falling in my can't-lose trap game category for Jeff Brom and company as they look to kind of figure it out where they will fall in the Big Ten West standing. So Let's end this here. J.D. Arlen, again, the sports anchor and reporter from WLFI in West Lafayette, Indiana. We rely on our local sports anchors when we need the most and in-depth coverage of Big Ten football. That is what I can say as a former sports anchor and reporter in Omaha, Nebraska as well. Let's talk about the record prediction that you have and what you see in your crystal ball for Purdue in 2020. What is the number of wins that Jeff Brom and company get to this season? Well, Ben, I'll, I'll tell you what, it's hard to not get intoxicated living here in West Lafayette, watching these guys from the spring develop through the summer. And even though it was such a messed up year, talking about the changes that they are making and every single day going to work and just focusing on the Boilermakers and then, oh, yeah, the, the opponents as well. Uh, so it's hard to not you know, get very optimistic about this schedule. I think you can hang your hat on at least five wins. I think five and three is a is a solid prediction. Mm. Uh, now. 
there are a few games every single year that that blow Purdue fans' minds. I when we when the world used to play non-conference, Purdue lost on a very rainy day to Eastern Michigan, yeah. a game that they were supposed to win by 90. Uh, and so I think that that can happen. There's obviously going to be some things that go down this season that no, no one is expecting in the way of injuries, in the way of personnel changes and, and quarantines and that sort of thing. Uh, and so you have to think that some of these games might be in jeopardy if the, if the situation doesn't change uh, through the end of the year. So I think five wins is a, is a safe bet. I think they do walk away with the Oaken bucket this year, just because of the high powered offense and the, the returners on defense. And that'll also be Rondell Moore, David Bell's, you know, last, or at least Rondell Moore and Lorenzo Neal is what I meant to say their last game um, as a Boilermaker before right. looking on to that next level, assuming that Purdue's not competing in that East West um, rivalry matchup. But yeah, I think five wins is where I'm going to stand. I'm not a betting man. Obviously uh, can't do that as a sports anchor. I think you know that, but yeah, five wins is a good estimate. J.D., as I've come to know it, now I mentioned this Purdue schedule breakdown, my 12th that I've done here on the Locked On Big Ten show. Only two more to get through to finish out all the Big Ten Conference. Everybody is a little bit optimistic about the team that they cover and the team that they follow throughout the year. But that's the way it should be. That's why we do what we do in the Big Ten and we get that perspective to go around. And I think you gave us some incredible insight and information today. J.D. Arland, again, the sports anchor and reporter for WLFI, the CBS affiliate, which was my former station as well. So right there, my man, brothers in West Lafayette, Indiana. J.D., thank you very much for your time, man. Great breakdown of Purdue schedule today. Thanks so much. Really means a lot having me on the show. This is a great show. I'm really excited for the Big Ten season, and I'm even excited uh, to see how our fans are able to watch games this year. This is kind of a one of a kind year, uh, and I'm so glad to be a part of, of the coverage of it. So thank you for having me on the show. So many thanks again to J.D. Arlen for coming on today's episode, providing all the coverage you need, Purdue Boilermakers, Big Ten football, whatever you need to know from J.D. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Arlen J.D. J.D., I don't need to spell that for you. That's how it goes. Arland is A-R-L-A-N-D, at Arland J-D on Twitter. He's got you set for this Big Ten and Purdue football season. So as I mentioned, at the top of the show, 12 out of 14 are now done. Two more Big Ten schedule breakdowns to get to, and it's the return of the Shiano Man in Piscataway. We focus on Rutgers for tomorrow's episode, and then we round everything out with the 2018 Big Ten West champions, Northwestern, but the 2019 Big Ten West bottom feeders, also Northwestern. That will come on Friday, but tomorrow it's Rutgers, and it's Thursday. We're talking Scarlet Knights football. So until we talk tomorrow when we're talking all things Rutgers, have a splendid Wednesday.